Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Have you met Lady Wisdom? Solomon personifies wisdom from above as a woman who cries aloud in the streets and raises her voice in the marketplace. In that way, she is not afraid to go public with her faith. She reminds us that the public square is exactly where our faith belongs and is most needed. Wide-ranging is the application of Proverbs to commerce, the courts, and to City Hall. The fool is the person who tries to silence Lady Wisdom's voice. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Do you remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials? When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen? Well, when Lady Wisdom talks, it's a good idea to listen to her as well. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for stopping by today. Ron takes us once again to the book of Proverbs as he continues his series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Proverbs chapter one, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. How many of you have ever met a guy named SpongeBob SquarePants? He's a pretty excitable guy there, isn't he? Part of an animated series on the Nickelodeon channel created by a marine biologist named Steven Hillenberg. Uh, SpongeBob is, is, is a lovable, excitable, uh, mostly optimistic sea sponge. Problem is he looks like kind of an everyday sponge you'd find in your, in your kitchen. Therefore, he wears square pants. That's how he got his name. Uh, believe it or not, the uh, animated series has won all kinds of awards, and SpongeBob SquarePants is, is kind of a, a celebrity. He appears in places like uh, the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade as a big helium balloon. I mean, he's, he's big stuff. He's made it big, big time. And SpongeBob, is, as you might know, lives in the sea. And, and he has some friends down there in the sea, uh, like a guy named Patrick Starr. Uh, Patrick Starr is um, a starfish, a rather dim-witted starfish, although he thinks he's intelligent. He thinks he's very intelligent. Uh, he lives under a rock, and that's kind of beside the point, but Patrick thinks he's a very, very intelligent sea star. And, and SpongeBob has a lot of other friends like that that are not the brightest lights on the street, but um, one of them is called Squidward Tentacles, another Plankton, Mr. Krabs, Larry the Lobster. I mean, it's a pretty entertaining kind of animated series. I really don't watch it, but my son does, and sometimes I'm wondering what in the world is going on in his brain. He's watching SpongeBob SquarePants. But uh, SpongeBob is, is not the kind of guy that is going to you know, communicate a lot of wisdom. You're not going to find a lot of wisdom on SpongeBob SquarePants. And you're not going to find uh, Mr. SquarePants in the pages of the book of Proverbs. But I think we're going to meet his, his equally uh, feeble-minded cousin named Mr. Smarty Pants. 
Actually, a trio of smarty pants that we meet in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Their names are the simple, the scoffer, and the fool. And we're also going to meet in the text that we're looking at today, Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 33, we're going to meet uh, somebody named Lady Wisdom. I love the way Solomon communicates creatively with his son. Remember, this is in part, the book of Proverbs is, is a a parenting guide. He's, He's instructing the next generation, his son or sons who might become king of Israel. And Solomon will do anything to get this truth into the hearts of his kids, even personifying wisdom from above as a virtuous woman. And that's where we get the idea of lady wisdom. She appears several times in the book of Proverbs, and she gives at least three speeches, three messages, one that is found in Proverbs chapter 1, another one in Proverbs chapter 8, yet another one in Proverbs chapter 9. And when lady wisdom speaks, well, kids, we need to listen up. We need to listen up. There's an investment firm on Wall Street that used to advertise their services by saying, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Well, I hope that's true about Lady Wisdom. When Lady Wisdom speaks, we need to listen up. And what I want us to do is, before we dive into her speech, I want to go to the end of her message here and take a look at her summary statement. Here's what she says in verses 32 and 33. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. We'll come back to that summary at the end and read it again, but I think that's a good place for us to start and to think about several ways we need to respond to lady wisdom when she speaks. The the first I've already alluded to, and that's to listen to her cry. Look at it in verse 22 and verse 23. Solomon writes, wisdom cries aloud in the streets, in the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries aloud, at the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Uh, This is a picture of Lady Wisdom going into the streets, into the noisy places, into the marketplaces. Kind of reminds me of the old Doobie Brothers song, Taking It to the Streets. Uh, That's what Lady Wisdom is doing. She's taking her message to the streets. Oh, she has a a message and even a mission inside the home. We know that as a parenting guide and as Solomon is instructing his next generation, his sons. Uh, But Lady Wisdom's message is so important, it, it can't be contained just within the walls of a single household. She is taking it to the streets, as it were. Uh, She's not waiting for somebody to come to her and ask her about her faith and about her wisdom. She is aggressively, she is proactively taking it to the streets. In fact, uh, uh, one commentator says, Lady Wisdom is no gentle persuader. She shouts, pleads, scolds, reasons, threatens, warns, and even laughs. He goes on to say, pulpit bashing and hellfire preaching, if there ever were, and all quite unladylike, and nowadays also quite unfashionable, even frowned upon. This is lady wisdom, taking it to the streets, as it were. And uh, she kind of reminds me of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17. Remember when Paul showed up in Athens, and he, he went to a place called the Areopagus, in our language today, to the Mall of America. 
It was the busiest place of commerce in Athens. I've been there before, and uh, the Areopagus or the ruins of the Areopagus are just down the hill from the Parthenon, that famous structure, that temple where the Greeks would worship their pagan gods. That's where the Apostle Paul went with the gospel, into the streets, into the most populated places, into the, into the public square, we might say. And this is what Lady Wisdom does. She even goes to the entrance of the city gates, an indication that what she has to say has application e even to places of commerce and to the courts and to city hall. The way she enters out into the public square is a reminder, friends, that our faith belongs there. Don't let anybody ever tell you that your Christian faith needs to be a private thing inside the four walls of your own house or even inside the four walls of your own house of worship. No, our faith needs to go into the public square, taking it to the streets. It belongs there. It's needed there. We as believers in Jesus Christ need to take it there unashamedly. And Lady Wisdom does that. She shouts. She pleads. And she's passionate passionate about what she has to say. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. She's not, she's not whispering this. And it kind of reminds me of what Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, said about persuasion. I remember when I was in my doctoral program having to read The Art of Persuasion by Aristotle, and it was kind of like, you know, chewing on saltine crackers without the salt and no water. It was just real dry reading. But I remember he said three things about persuasion, the art of persuasion. He said it's like a three-legged stool. It requires logos, ethos, and pathos, Aristotle said. Logos is the content of your message. Ethos is the ethic or the character of the person who's communicating the message. And pathos is passion. And if you want to persuade somebody, Aristotle said, that three-legged stool needs to be in place. Take any one of them out and, and persuasion fails. Logos, ethos, and pathos. Now, uh, Lady Wisdom is the literary personification of the logos, ethos, and pathos of God. But Jesus, remember we said we were going to find Jesus in the pages of the Proverbs? And Colossians 2 tells us that he is the full and actual expression of the wisdom of God. Jesus was the Logos who came down from heaven. Remember John chapter 1, the Word, uh, in, in, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word dwelled among us. That's the Logos, the Word. Uh, the, the, the ethos of Jesus uh, was unassailable. I mean, he, he lived a perfect life in front of us. And nobody is more passionate than the God of the Bible and this Jesus who came from heaven and died on the cross for our sins and rose triumphantly from the grave. You, you read the Old Testament and God's relationship with, these, with Israel, there is great passion, passion. Jesus is the full and actual expression of the logos, ethos, and pathos of God. But in a very creative way, uh, Solomon, in, in, in a literary personification, makes, makes Lady Wisdom that expression as well. Uh, she, she's, got, she's got content to her message. Uh, there, there's the, 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 the ethic uh, that flows through there, and, and she has great passion as she communicates it. And we need to listen to her. As simple as that sounds. We need to bend our ear. We need to lean into this. We need to turn down all the noisiness that is all around us. 
I mean, she's trying to raise her voice above the noisy places out there. We live in a very noisy culture. Have you noticed that? 24-hour news channels and radio channels and uh, uh, social media, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year, somebody is shouting something at us. And if we don't take the wisdom from above and, and, <laughs> and raise it above that level, it'll never be heard in the places where it needs to be heard most. Don't go away because we'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. Hey, if you're new to the program, we want you to know that all of Ron's messages are archived right at our website. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab. Now that's right at the top of the homepage and check out the 828 Club a special group of people who partner up with Ron so that he can share these internet and radio broadcasts the whole year through. Join the 828 Club from our website or give us a call, 757-276-1099. Again, that's 757-276-1099. When Lady Wisdom talks, we need to listen. But listening does no good if we don't respond the right way. Here's Ron with the rest of today's message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. So we listen to her cry. Secondly, we respond. Respond to her reproof. She goes on in verse 22 and says this, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you. I kind of get the impression that Lady Wisdom is frustrated. She's a bit exasperated. Uh, She uses the phrase, how long, twice? How long, O simple ones? How long, O O foolish ones? I I get the sense she's been down this road before. Parents, can you identify this where you sat down with your kids and said, how many times do we have to have this conversation? (laughs) That's kind of the idea here. Jesus once said to his disciples, how long have I been with you? You Are are you so dull in your hearing that you you don't quite get it? And and so she's a a bit frustrated. She's been down the road with these these uh, overgrown, gullible youths who just haven't quite embraced the wisdom of God. But what I love about this is she hasn't given up on them. It's one more plea, one, one, one more conversation. And in that way, aren't you glad that the God of the Bible is patient and he's long-suffering? Oh, oh don't test his patience. Don't test his long-suffering. But he, he, he is a patient. He's not quick-triggered. He's not quick with his anger. He's patient and he's long-suffering. He gives us that second chance, sometimes that third and that fourth chance. And Lady Wisdom says in verse 23, if, if you turn at my reproof, I'll pour out my spirit. I'll make my words known to you. Just circle that word if. The the, the entire text really hinges on it. If, If you would just listen to what I have to say, If you would just turn away from your foolish ways, you have no idea what I'll do for you, says Lady Wisdom. 
And it kind of reminds me of another if-then construction in the Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. You could probably say it with me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, then I will forgive their sin, then I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14 is probably the most powerful if-then uh, construction, the most powerful uh, conditional clause in the entire Bible. Proverbs chapter 1 is a close second. How long, those simple ones, how long, you foolish ones, if you would only turn at my reproof, then I will do this. I'll pour out my spirit on you. I will share my words with you. I will guide you through that difficult place. If, 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 and there's no guarantee that anyone will respond, but she's pleading in the streets, respond to my reproof. And she pleads to three specific groups of people here. It's kind of like Mr. Smarty Pants 1, Mr. Smarty Pants 2, and Mr. Smarty Pants 3. The simple, the scorner, and the fool. Let's talk a little bit about these three Smarty Pants. Number one, the simple. Uh, the simple describes a category of people who, who believe everything. They're naive, they're gullible, and they can't discern the truth. Uh, they, they believe everything and therefore, they'll, they'll fall for anything. They're just that gullible and just that naive. And oh, by the way, they love tolerance and anything about that, that, that permissive ideology because they believe anything. They just go along with the flow. Uh, these are, these are go-along-with-the-crowd uh, kinds of people. Proverbs 14 and verse 15 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. What does it mean to be prudent? It means to understand the necessity of caution when you're facing a situation. Remember uh, the first President Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush? He was famous for saying, wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be prudent. All right. He understood the necessity of caution as any great leader does when, when you're thinking about a major decision like war or something else. Prudence. Uh, the, the, the simple have no prudence. They believe everything, and they dive into things without even giving a second thought to it and considering the necessity of caution. Well, there's a second group, and this is the scorner or the scoffer. Uh, the scoffer thinks he knows everything, and he mocks the truth. You ever met a scoffer? A scorner who mocks your beliefs. Proverbs 21 and verse 24, scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. If there was ever a Mr. Smarty Pants, it's the scoffer. He mocks God's truth. And, and he kind of you know, comes across like an expert in everything. You ever met somebody like that? Oh, he's an expert in geopolitical relationships. He's an expert in how you're supposed to raise your kids. He's an expert in how the church is supposed to be run. <laughs> I've met a few Mr. Smarty Pants in my time as a pastor. The Bible says if we think we know it all, we are even worse than a fool. Seek counsel from God's Word and run from whatever contradicts it. You're listening to Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones and today's message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. 
Along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Just use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good courses right at the top of the homepage when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. 
That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. And I want to be careful here not to suggest that every time you face calamity or distress or some kind of you know, difficult time in your life, it's because you got some sin in your life. It's because you've ignored the counsel of God. Be careful with that because, you know, Job tells us that that's not always true. Job was a righteous man. He hadn't sinned in any way, and great calamity came upon his life. And make sure you're not one of Job's friends that come, you know, into somebody else's life and, you know, wax eloquently about, well, you know, you have this cancer over here or you lost your job over here. There must be some sin in your life. Be careful with that. But it is a time for self-examination. Not for you to examine somebody else's life, but for self-examination, right? Anytime, you know, calamity strikes. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.